want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesakes. Namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. There thou anointest, anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely the goodness and mercy of the Lord. The goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Okay. We're going through a lot of hard times. Okay. Many of you may be going through hard times uh, with your marriages, uh, relationships with siblings, loved ones, or you're going through a financial hard time. Okay. And that can be, you know, a, a valley of the shadow of death for you. Okay. You're going through, you know, sort of a financial death, not having the resources you have at the moment. Um, the death of a, you know, of a marriage relationship, yet the marriage covenant is still in effect. You may have maybe uh, lost a spouse. Okay lost a child and um you're going through it right now all right and those times are times to that are usually the times that bring us closer to god okay and we have a choice okay because some of us we don't make that choice for some of us we go curse god and die which is really not a good idea but he gives us a choice all right will we stay the course will we endure to the end unfortunately many unfortunately will say curse god and die okay especially when the mark of the beast comes into play because <clears throat> we are in those end times right now. Slowly but surely we're going to get deeper and deeper and deeper. Okay. And when that mark is distributed, you cannot buy, you cannot sell, you cannot work unless you have that mark. And many are not willing to suffer and do without for the sake of Christ. When that mark comes into play when the antichrist starts distributing that mark okay and that is something that a lot of us don't really think about or you are even preparing for that okay some are stocking up on food, water, and supplies, but are we stocking up, you know, with treasures in heaven? I know we've heard that cliche before, you know, and um, many people get annoyed with it, but it is true. It is very true because when we die, we can't take whatever we have with us okay we can't do that all right 
what was here stays here. All right. Let me bring up the scripture. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and dust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. And, but lay up yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Okay. And a lot of people, okay, a lot of us Christians, we, you know, we're storing things here on this earth. Okay. And we're trying to get as much as we can because, you know, we need food, shelter, place to live car to drive and pick up our kids or, you know, to go to our jobs. Okay. But the thing is, what's going to happen when we can't drive that car anymore or we don't have the money to get gas? What are we going to do? What shall we do? Are we going to trust God? Are we going to trust Jesus? It's not easy. It's not easy for me because I think about the things that are happening in this world, you know, around the world, the the U.S. dollar is being devalued, uh, world wars, uh, evil people like Bill Gates is um, storing up food to have it in a way that uh, he'll it'll be. Uh, bargained with that you would have to do what he says and many of these evil world leaders okay that are under the world economic forum they're going to do satan's bidding okay and we have to as christians make a choice are we going to stand or we're going to fall because when that like i said when that mark of the beast comes what are we going to do? And even before that, this valley of the shadow of death I'm talking about, how if we are always falling apart now and not wanting God now, when what makes you think we will want God when the end times come? Will we stand firm? I don't think so. I don't. Many will say in that day, Lord, 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 and he will say, I never knew you. He said things like, uh, do not harden your neck like the Jews in the desert who didn't obey God's command and they died in the desert. Okay, look in the book of Hebrews, you'll see, you'll see that scripture, all right? It's a... Uh, it's a sobering scripture. And it's tough. It is tough. All right. A lot of people are affected by what's going on. People have lost jobs due to the pandemic, the restrictions that they didn't want to follow. And that could be their value to shadow of death because they lost a job, the death of being at that job. <clears throat>
the death of finances, like I just said, the death of possibly losing your family due to the pandemic. That's another thing too. People have buried loved ones during this pandemic. Okay. And some those types in losing a loved one that could break you. That could sometimes turn you away from God. It can. It really can. All right. And some people, you know, that, that's the, the part where it talks about the, you know, the um the three seeds, okay. And uh, you know, one some fell um one fell on good ground, the other two they didn't. They lasted for a little bit, and then, you know, when hard times came, or the dist distraction of riches, they fell away. All right. Let me get it right here. All right. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to the sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them, but others fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but for them it is not given. Whosoever hath, it shall be given. And he so who shall have of more abundance, but whatsoever have not, for him shall be taken away, even he that hath. Therefore speak uh, to speak I to them in parables, because they are seeing, see not, and they hearing, hear not, neither do they understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, their eyes will have been closed. At least any of them should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and shall be converted and I should heal them. But blessed are ye, are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see the things which ye see and have not seen them, to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sword when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then come the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in their heart. This is when which received seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed in stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receive it. Yet he hath no root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by by and by he's offended. He also that receives seed among thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and becometh unfruitful. But he that received the seed, it is good ground. He that heareth the word and understandeth. 
which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Okay. So now we understand. Okay, we understand that uh, those two other seeds, you know, they were distracted or tribulation came. All right, and they couldn't, um, they couldn't deal with it. All right, and they fell apart. Okay, you know, let's say for example, a person who's an alcoholic, and you know, a certain situation happens, happens, and it was so much to them in their mind that instead of going to God, they went to the bottle. Okay. <clears throat> Very much so. All right. Now, <clears throat> let me get into this article right here about um, can we trust in God in difficult times? Okay. Here we go. All right. For if any have heard had the trouble uh, that Job had, but in the midst of his broken hardness and bewilderment, Job made one incredible statement. Though he slay me, yet will I still trust in him. Job 13, verse 15. God is necessary. We would not exist without him. But the great question is, is God enough? God brings blessing, but also troubles, allows troubles. Can God be trouble, trusted in our troubles? Okay, and I've talked to you about Job. I've talked to you about how, uh, you know, God allowed Satan to touch his life. Okay, now there was a day when the sons of God came to the present, present themselves before the Lord. Satan also came among them. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant, Job, that there is none like him on the earth? A blameless and an upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that is he has is in your power. Only do not lay hand on his person. Job chapter 1, verses 16 to 12. The devil could not believe that Job loved God simply for who God is. There had to be some ulterior motive. If you can answer yes to these three questions, you have the kind of faith that Job had. One, can you trust God when you are suffering? First, Job lost his finances. In one fell swoop, his flocks, his herds were taken away. See Job chapter 1, verses 13 to 17. Then he lost his family while he was still speaking. Another also came and said, your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the oldest brother's house. And suddenly a great wind came from the across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house and it fell on the young people and they are dead. I alone have escaped to tell you, but the devil was not finished. So Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin. Yes, all that a man has, he will give his, for his life, but stretch out your hand now and touch his bones and his flesh and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, behold, he is in your hand but spare his life. Now Job was covered from his head to feet with huge boils and racked his body. That racked his body 
with fever and pain. Three friends came to visit Job. Some comf some comforters, one of them, Eliphaz, said, remember now, whoever perished being innocent or where, or where were the upright ever cut off? Job chapter 4, verse 7. That is, Job must have done some secret sin. The philosophy is that you only suffer because you have done wrong, but it isn't so. Some of God's choices, saints, have suffered. They have not done anything wrong. Some were given faith to escape. Some were given faith to endure. Read Hebrews chapter 11, verses 32 to 40. Faith is not receiving from God what you want. Faith is accepting from God what he gives. Job said, naked I came into this my, from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. Okay? The Lord God gave, and the Lord God taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin, nor change, charge God with wrong. Okay? So that's the challenge for us. Can we trust God if everything's taken away? It hurts when things are taken away. It hurts when you can't get the things back. Maybe you've lost the relationship, okay, through no fault of your own, okay, or you had to leave a relationship through no fault of your own, okay? Can we still trust God? That's the thing. Can we trust God when our friends forsake us? I mean, I know a lot of people, uh, a lot of people lost friends due to, you know, not wanting to take the solution. If you know what I mean, what we've been going through with this uh, pandemic, people have lost friends, Christian friends. Okay. Can we still trust God? Maybe even had to leave churches because sometimes they may have been church splits over there. I, I know that I don't not I don't know that there were church splits, but I definitely could think there could be. I would be surprised to be honest with you. All right. Two, can you trust God when friends forsake you? What about when we suffer and nobody cares? Joe's three friends did nothing but criticize and give platitudes. My relatives have failed and my close friends have forgotten me. Joe, chapter 19, verse 14. Even Joe's wife did not did the work of the devil. Then his wife said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. You sh Shall we indeed accept good from God and shall not accept adversity? And all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Job chapter 2 verses 9 to 10. Three, can you trust God when you don't have answers? Remember, you understand why this is what's happening, that God was allowing Job to be tested to show that he would not fail. But Job had not read the book of Job. He was in absolute darkness. Even today, my complaint is bitter. My hand is listless because of my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come to his seat. I would present my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. Job chapter 23, verses two to four. Job is saying, God, you owe me some answers. What is going on? God does not tell us why. Many of God's saints have gone through, gone into deep darkness and do not know why. Isaiah asks, who among you fears the Lord? Who obeys the voice of his servant? Who walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon his God. Isaiah chapter 50, verse 10. All great Christians have talked about the dark night of the soul. They are obeying God and then darkness comes. They cannot understand. Isaiah says, when that happens, rely upon your God. Okay. 
And this is the conclusion. God finally spoke, but he did not answer Job's questions. He taught Job three things. One, God is sovereign. God said to Job, who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Job chapter 38, verse 2. That is, Job, you do not know what you're talking about. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? To what to what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid its corner? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Job chapter 38, verses 4 to 7. God is saying, I have a right to do as I wish. That's another thing that it doesn't really sit well with many of us. Okay. God having absolute control over our lives and absolute. It's one thing to say, God, I'm God's property. It's another thing when you experience that you are God's property. Meaning if I feel, if God feels like you're walking down the street, you get hit by a car and you lose a leg. Okay. That's his prerogative. All right. That actually happened to one woman, though. All right, she was playing volleyball, but one day she got hit by a car and she lost her leg. Okay. Okay. He, God, has a right to allow whatever He wants to allow in your life. Okay, that's the thing. When people sing about, it's one thing to again, it's one thing to sing about God's being God's property. It's a whole nother thing to experience it for better or for worse. And the problem is in the church, a lot of times people aren't willing to tell the whole character of God. They're not willing to tell you that, okay, you will be saved, okay, but you will experience suffering. There's joy and there's pain with being a Christian. God's will is not always pleasant for your life. Sometimes it hurts, but it's your choice whether you, what you're going to do with that pain. How do you respond? And I speak to myself because it's not easy. It's not. Okay. Two, God is sufficient. When Job finally sees God in a new light, he says, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear. But now my eyes see you, Job chapter 42, verse 5. But his trouble, he has gone from merely theology to a personal relationship with God. All right. But it's by his trouble, I'm sorry, by his trouble, he has gone from mere theology to a personal relationship with God. It's one thing to read about God. It's one thing to maybe have a theological discussion. But it's another thing when you actually have that relationship, when you actually are okay with trusting him. God will be the nearest and most precious to you when you are suffering, forsaken by friends and in darkness. God is not only necessary, God is also enough. That could be said, but that also, all right, that has that it depends on the person. Because God could be enough for me, right? But you have to believe he is enough. You have to believe and act on that belief. Okay. Because for many of us, God is enough when things are going good. But when things are going bad, God is not enough. For many people, that's unfortunate. That's for many people. And like I said, these hard, these end times, these tribulation period, the, the banks closing, 
people's finances are going to get messed up. They can't not going to be able to buy food. Things are going to go crazy. That's when you're tested. Will God be enough for you? Or will you resort to things of human, evil, carnal nature? Three, God is sympathetic towards his people. The book ends this way. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. Job chapter 42, verses 10 to 12. God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants, but you had better get the faith of Job and say, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Job chapter 13, verse 15. A man that is born of a woman is full of trouble. You will have trouble whether you are a Christian or not, but Christians have the answers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. That is basically, you know, what is said there. That's basically in a nutshell. Okay. Whether you're a heathen, whether you're a Christian, you know, you're going to have trouble, but the person that, that has Jesus, which is the Christian, they have hope. They have someone, they have an advocate. They have someone to plead their case. They have someone that will strengthen them. You don't have that with Buddha. You don't have that with Mary. You don't have that with the Pope. You don't have that with the Dalai Lama. You very well sure do not have that with the Dalai Lama. After that stunt he pulled with um, telling that little boy, suck my tongue. All right. You don't have that with Vishnu. You don't have that with Krishna. You don't have that with Muhammad. You don't have that with Allah. But you do have it with Jesus Christ. Okay. We have a mediator and high priest that is not that when you call on him, he won't say, I don't know what you're going through. He does know what you're going through because he went through everything we went through and came out on top. So he knows what we bear. And the thing is, is like, since he has scars, if we go through the hard times trusting him on the other side, we'll have scars too. And we can say, look at my scars. I overcome because I trusted Jesus. He had scars and he gave me scars so I could talk to tell you about the great goodness of the Lord. And you can taste and see that he is good. And you can trust my God. And may, they could be like Ruth if they want to trust in Jesus. Like, your God is now my God. I hope this was a blessing to you. And uh, you could subscribe to the channel. Okay. And um, I uh, also am on, on, on Spotify. And I have an audio podcast called uh fight to the finish okay so you guys could check that out um peace and be blessed